everybody and welcome to RPG Cast 574 for the week of February 20th, 2020. I'm your host, Dana Marie Privetier. So we have both a teeny cast and a huge cast because last week we did our Game of the Year show, which means we skipped a week of news, which means including this week, there is so much news. <laughs> Chris will be in and out of the show today, um, but joining me is Kelly Ryan on the internet, no one knows you're a cat. <laughs> and Josh Carpenter. <laughs> Ready for all that Nintendo news. Oh gosh, so much news this week. Um, but before we jump into the news, uh, let's jump into what we've been playing. So what have you been playing, Josh? Uh, I've been playing, I, I finished up Ease, so I've been trying to work on Trails of Cold Steel 3. Finally made it through Act 2. Holy cow, Kelly, you, were, you weren't kidding about the end of Act 2 just going on and on and on forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like I was getting dinner. I was like wrapping up to get dinner ready that night. And it's like this cutscene is not ending. I'm going to have to put it in sleep mode and go cook. Yeah, I, I, I got to that right at the end of the night before I was about to go to bed. And I'm like, I, I don't really want to trust sleep mode I'd, it's been too long since i've saved <laughs> but man this this just keeps going and it just keeps mm. going it just keeps going i'm like oh man i'm oh it's getting real late <laughs> and, and then more characters and then more characters and then characters in the sky and then more characters characters in the sky and everybody so has to characters. talk about everybody else. And it's like, oh, no, it's never. <laughs> I'm never going to get to the end of this and be able to save. <laughs> See, at least you played Crossbell, so you had context. I'm like, who are a third of these people? I've never <laughs> seen them before in my life. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this game. It, it, it definitely is where it starts kind of. Uh, uh Starts incorporating all the different characters together. So, luckily, though, Act Three is pretty—I don't—I don't, I don't want to say brief, but it's pretty buttoned up. It doesn't feel nearly as long as other final acts in Trails games. Well, yeah, no, fun. I would say the pacing of the third um, act is the best out of the whole game. Well, I got that to look forward to. Um, um, just remember that you pay attention to your side quests because there's a miss. There's one that you need to do. The horse one. Yeah. Yep. Or missable side quests. It wouldn't be trails without it. <laughs> of course. Uh, otherwise, I've been playing a little bit from Game Pass. I, I played a tiny bit of River City Girls. You know, Anna, you sometimes bail on games after five hours. Like this one, I barely made it twenty minutes. Ooh, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, hard pass, boy. It it like I love the art style. I love the concept of like flipping those Kunio Kun games on their head. It's the girls who are going to beat their way across the city to save the boys who have been kidnapped. But I don't know. It just felt like that beat 'em up really felt like it was uh, balanced for two players in mind oh, yeah. rather than one. Yeah, no, that is like my primary complaint about that game. It's like R River City Girls is great, but. It is truly balanced for two players. Yeah, I got, I got real frustrated really quick with enemies coming at me from both sides. And I'm like, uh, like, it'd be fine if there were a second player on the screen to handle that. But it got real annoying real quick. 
And there's no adjustable difficulty to balance that? Um, uh, all I saw was like normal and then hard. You could have it even harder, but it didn't seem like oh. there was any way to go easier. Yeah, I don't think there's an easy. Okay. Which, which it could have well, kind lame for one player. Yeah. Yeah, but and it it's funny because like I was talking to Sam who reviewed the game and she's like, It was so good, we had so much fun, we played it together, we couldn't put it down and I'm like, Yeah, I kept having to call Chris over to help me with the bosses because I was almost crying out of frustration. <laughs> yeah, that's where I got. I played like twenty minutes or something, got to the first boss and was like died and like, nah, not gonna not gonna fight my way through this. I don't got someone else here on the couch to help me with it right now, so uh, yeah, this one's a hard pass. Yeah, that is lame because I was watching a someone stream this the other day, and I was like, "Man, this looks really fun," but Anna bailed on it. So I, I trust Anna's opinion better than anybody. And yeah, I'm glad I passed or didn't even try. Well, and the funny thing is, is Chris and I actually have a friend that speed runs this game, and they speed ran it in Games Done Quick. I went to DDR Club with him. Chris actually went to university with this guy. We were in the DDR club together. They they were in the DDR club together. And then I did not meet this guy through Chris. We were both in the Final Fantasy IV Free Enterprise um, (laughs) community. And we started chatting and stuff. And I can't remember how it came up. My name came up. And he was like, oh, Privateer? Um, you know, this is really wild, but is there any chance that your husband's name is Chris? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And he says, ask him if he remembers Jesse from DDR Club. <laughs> <laughs> Such a small world. Yep. It's one of those games, like, if you had someone, if you got someone to play with on Couch Co-op, it could be really good. I liked everything else about the game. It's just... It just did not feel balanced well for one player. And no. Since, right. since it's since it's a Game Pass game, you can just like, well, well, bail on that and move on to the next one. Which the next one was another one that Kelly's been playing, which was Inkenfell. Yeah, I've I've been playing this too. So what do you think of it? Like I I really liked it. It's very cute little what is it? Is it kind of more sixteen bit ish kind of inspired yeah. RPG? Yeah, it's a very basic RPG. It's got kind of the Mario RPG combat. So a little bit of Mario RPG, a little bit of Lunar. And that positioning is is important. But you've also got timed button presses. Yeah. Um, and you're a girl trying to get into magic school to find your lost sister who may or may not be causing problems. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like a, a a good summary of it. I really do like the combat system. It's it's a lot of fun. Just that little bit of uh, the little bit of interaction that Mario RPG sort of timing interaction is good. And I love the difficulty settings that you can kind of go in and customize it exactly however you want. Like you can have it where you have to hit that to basically do much damage at all, or you can turn it up one level to be like where you always get at least a decent amount and then you can still like if you nail the uh, timing perfectly you get almost like a critical hit or you can just change it all the way over to basically you just turn off the uh, timing altogether and every single time you get the best possible hit like I love that kind of granularity to the difficulty 
Yeah, I have the timing turned all the way off so that I don't even have to worry about the timing just because I have I struggle with that a lot. Yeah. And you said that you had it so that you at least have to try, but you still get a grade. Yeah. Um I appreciate all of the accessibility options in this game, like being able to turn on uh warnings for sensitive content, which I really appreciate. Um thus far it's been nothing graphic or anything, and they say, yeah, there's a uh, warning of self-harm there's nothing graphic but it gets mentioned and i i appreciate that so much i wish all games would have this option actually it sounds a lot like fell seal one of the oh, things fel- that i changed about the fell seal difficulty is i turned off swimming oh because okay. <laughs> it cool. characters by default can't swim you have to equip them with stuff that lets them swim and so if you get knocked into the water or stay in a water tile you just drown and oh. I'm like, that sounds like a mechanic that I will never love. So I'm just getting rid of it. And it's great they let you do that. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than so, just be frustrated with the game the entire time. It's, so, yeah, it's like a cute little RPG. The graphics are really charming. I, I like the characters so far. And I've mentioned my favorite part about the game is that the save points are cats. Same you points are cats, them, 10 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you pet them, they oh, purr, and it's Susie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. And, and yeah, it's, I don't know how to much, because I am at the part with the astronomy tower right now. Yeah, you're further than I am. I'm not quite, I just got into the school. Okay. It's been kind of like my nighttime chill out game thus mm-hmm. far and I, i'm having a lot of fun with it and i would highly recommend it if you if well i take it you have it on game pass yep it's on game pass so yeah if you have game pass is on there otherwise it's not terribly expensive little game i i picked it up on sale last year during my crazy buy everything during black friday yeah. so i might actually make that my next streaming game we'll see yeah that this was one of my uh black friday fire sale games to during that whole bought bought a whole bunch of gift cards and for cheap and then did taking advantage of that huge e-shop sale and yeah i i'm enjoying it very much i i'm really like little bite-sized indie rpgs like this yeah it- no it's I know I've brought this up on the show before, but like the kind of explosion of sub 20 hour JRPGs, particularly in the indie scene, has kind of been amazing. They're I just feel like. a gap that, that the big companies don't fill. Oh, yeah, anymore. for sure. <laughs> and like, um, I see people all the time tweeting, hey, does anybody have any recommendations for RPGs that aren't too long? And I'm always like, yeah, here's like a list of 20 of them I've played in the last two years that I recommend. Um, I didn't know this was a Kickstarter game. I was looking it up trying to find the price. And yeah, this was funded on Kickstarter a while back. Huh. Things I and learned. It, and it, it's only 20 bucks. I think I paid like half for that during the eShop sale. Yeah, I think it was on sale for something like 9 or 11 bucks. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, well, I'll probably talk more about it when I if, when I finish it. I don't know where I'm at in the story thus far. I know I just got the ability to switch party members out. Okay. And that that's about it. Um, 
Now, yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it, too. Yeah, it's a very cute little game. Very, very chill experience, I think. Yeah, I want something kind of bite-sized to spread the gap in between what, like, Ease and uh, Bravely Default, which I didn't realize was coming out next week. Oh, next <laughs> week is going to be bad. Because it's Persona 5 Strikers and Bravely Second. Or Bravely oh. Default 2. Yeah, I I had to make a choice. I wanted to spend time with Bravely Default. Yes, Eichenfell was the game that won our Max Storm Award this year. Yeah, that was the other reason why I wanted to pick it up uh, or start playing it soon is because oh, it won that award, so it must be awesome. Mac had very good have... tasting games. Mac had very weird tasting games. Yeah, good weird tasting games. Yes. All right. Anything else that you've been playing, Kelly? Um, I got sucked hard into Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Yeah, you made me buy an Amiibo. <laughs> that amiibo's cute, though. It's it worth it. is. Okay, that's true. So, so you only bought Cat Mario amiibo? You didn't buy Pooping Peach Cat <laughs> amiibo? No, I did not buy Squatting Peach. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, whoever designed that amiibo, they they knew what they were doing. <laughs> so, um, the original Mario 3D World on the Wii U was probably my favorite 3D Mario game of all time, just because of how fun it is. Um, each of the worlds are kind of short and sweet, like old school um, Super Mario World on the SNES. But th- there's such a variety of the stages, and each of them are just challenging enough that you're not going to beat your head too much, but still just really fun to do. Like some of the stages, you just have a hundred seconds and you've got to dash through them as quickly as humanly possible. And, you know, you're still getting three stars and you're trying to get uh, the Miiver stamps. Now they're the uh, snapshot stamps. So you got to point out your route in some of those levels. And then there's uh, other levels like one called Sprawling Savannah. That's just this huge, like, open plane where you're chasing rabbits and stuff. <laughs> and I, I love it when Mario games just aren't, aren't afraid to, you know, go crazy with level design. And if that wasn't awesome enough, then I got sucked into the Bowser's Fury bit, which is just this huge open world ocean kind of go around islands and find cat shines world that you can play, play around in. And I, <laughs> I cleared that within two days. I was playing it so much. So um, do you after- have to finish the original game to play Bowser's no. Fury? No. Okay. I, I I thought you did, but then I got to mess it around on the title screen. And it's like, wait a minute. No, you can just select it from the start from the title screen. Ooh, handy. Because, yeah, after so- hearing you talk about that last night, I was like, oh, well, that's actually the the exact thing that I want to play. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of start out and there's just, you have like one island to explore. And then as you find cat shines, it removes some of the inky corruption that's surrounding the islands. And then you open up more and more islands. And the whole time, like every, I don't know how often the timing was, but um, Fury Bowser just starts attacking the island at random. And you either need to wait wait out the attack or you go find a shine and Bowser will immediately go away. But sometimes you need Bowser to be attacking because he can break blocks that 
that uh, you don't normally have access to. Ah. And some of these blocks, some of these blocks hide shines, or ah. some of them hide power-ups. And then the best part, one of the best parts about Bowser's Fury is that you can bank like five of each power-up. So if you need a fire flower, for instance, if you have one in your inventory, you can just equip it and uh, unleash Fury. Or if you need to climb a wall and you have a bell in your inventory, you can equip that. And I like being able to, you know, pick and choose what power-ups I need in a Mario game. It makes it kind of feel more like an action RPG in a way. So now that I have the context of why it's a good thing to summon Bowser. So like I was reading up about the Amiibos last night. And I was like, if you have a Bowser Amiibo, you can summon Bowser. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. Why would you want to do that? I thought that too, until I saw the, those uh, blocks that you needed. And it's like, oh, well, I'm going to go dig out my Bowser Amiibo. And now anytime I need need to break one of those blocks, I'll just summon Bowser. And um, like one of the special areas that you can find, you have to have Bowser present. So, you know, I just went to the spawn point where it spawned, summoned Bowser, and it showed up right there. And it's like, yeah, this would be a pain in the ass normally, just sitting around waiting for him to show up. And, I mean, it's fun, but it also gets a little bit irritating when you're, like, right in the middle of trying to climb some huge tower, and you it starts raining, and you feel Surprise, the controller shaking. Bowser. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Don't come right now. I'm in the middle of something. You're going to wreck this whole thing. Um, luckily you have infinite lives. So one of the quickest ways to get rid of Bowser is just to die, die. believe it or not. <laughs> then die. I mean, he, he go, yeah, he just goes away immediately if you die and then you can try again. I, I ended up doing that a lot. Um, one of the only complaints I have is you only unlock fast travel around the islands after you kind of beat the game for the first time. Because yeah, you're the reason why you're getting shines is that you're trying to power up these uh, gigabells to turn into, um, I can't remember officially what he's called. I've been calling him Super Saiyan Cat Mario. Yeah. He's huge. Uh, but yeah, you turn into huge Cat Mario so that you can defeat Bowser and um, like you you defeat him and he goes away for a little while, but then he comes back and then eventually you get enough shines where he um, gets stronger and stronger and then the shines aren't making him go away. So at that point you need to turn into Cat Mario and kind of beat him for good. And I think you have to have a minimum of 50 cat shines to finish the game or just kind of beat the game, but then afterwards it unlocks the rest of the areas and then you get um, the other 50 cat shines Ooh, for nice. 100 total. And um, all you unlock for getting all 50 cat shines is having the regular cat suit look like Super Saiyan Cat Mario. Okay, so that's it's just cool. for com- Yeah, it's just for completionist sake. But it, it's... I. After you went to bed last night, I think I was at 65 shines and then got into... A loop of okay just one more shine and i'll stop just one more shine and i'll stop and then i got the 10 left and i was like okay well might as well find the rest of them oh my gosh what uh, time did you end up going to sleep last night like 1 to 2 <laughs> <laughs> oh and that's the other thing is that after you finish the game proper then you can see where all of the shines are on the map oh nice okay so you can f- figure out which ones you've missed which is really nice um, 
that there's also little cats around that you can go play with. They they run away from you if you're in regular Mario form, but if you turn into the cat suit, they come up to you and rub on you. Oh, that's cute. I love it. Um, one of the cat shine sprites that you or yeah, one of the cat shine sprites that you unlock, you have to there's this calico that's sad and it's sad because its kitten is missing, so you have to go find its kitten. That's what you were and, doing last night when we were on Discord. Yeah. And it's like, okay, first that starts out, you have to find one kitten on the first island, and then the next island, you have to find three kittens, and then the last one, you have to find five kittens. And it's like some of those kittens are in really places that I didn't even think to look. I had to, like, look up where the last two were because I just could not find them. And, you know, with the kittens, you have to figure out how to carry them back because if you jump into the water with the kitten, it despawns. And um, that's the other thing I forgot to mention. So Bowser Jr. is following you around everywhere. And you can control his AI to where you can have him not help at all or help a little or help a lot. And I had his AI cranked up all the way, so he was helping a lot. And, man, he was handy because, like, you're chasing – and some of the shines you're chasing around um, Shadow Luigi. And – Bowser Jr. just go up and just start smacking uh, Shadow Luigi and end up killing him for me and getting me my cat shine for that mission. <laughs> but but when it came to like finding the kittens, I had to turn him all the way off because he kept running up to the kitten and smacking it. No, and like, bad, no. My bad Bowser Jr. <laughs> oh, and talking about Bowser being annoying... If Bowser's on the island, all the cats turn bad and they start uh, slashing at you, including the kitten that you're trying to rescue. <laughs> so, yeah, nothing like trying to carry a kitten back to its mom and then it turns evil and just completely claws the crap out of you. You know, just like a real kitten. <laughs> yeah, I can see that going. Oh, but, man, that game was just... I, I could not put that down. That was worth i mean i love their base game anyway and then having it be that fun having that additional mode i just <laughs> that's unless something else awesome comes out that's probably going to be my non-rpg of the year all right i just had too much fun with that and i'm glad you're going to be pick, picking it up too and um if you do end up playing like the base game we can do multiplayer Ooh, cool. All right. So I have been playing Ease 9. And if you're not watching me live every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, you can do so at twitch.tv slash Gamer. So I am now in Chapter 7. Um, am I in the last chapter or is there one more after this? I think there's one more in a finale, if I remember right. So eight and then a finale? Yeah. Okay. So I believe I have my full party at this point. I was very surprised to discover who Renegade really was. <laughs> My guesses were totally wrong. I think I'm only on chapter three right now. You're or picking four. up Feral Hawk? Yeah, I just got Feral Hawk. Sweet. So he opens up a lot of exploration. And then in chapter four, you get Doll. And Doll's ability, when you first get it, sounds massively underwhelming. And then you go back to the city and realize how incredibly amazing it is. So she can see through walls or has Correct. extra vision or something. Yes. She got Batman vision. Ooh. Okay. 
No, 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 don't, no way. You have a thing in your tail. There, I got it. Sorry. Oh. That emergency. <laughs> and she had to step all over Luigi's face. Oh, poor <laughs> Luigi. Doop, doop, doop. Oh. Um, so, yeah, she, she can see, um, you know, the petals you're collecting? Mm-hmm. She can see them through the buildings. They glow oh, cool. like neon blue. So it's it it is great having her in your party and collecting all of those. All those abilities really build upon each they other to do. make the exploration more interesting. Yes. Yeah, it's really well done. Mm-hmm. So um, since I'm sticking to just Ease Nine on stream, I've been playing some other random stuff off stream. Um, so I played through and finished Giraffe and Annika, which was really underwhelming. Mm. The only reason I didn't five-hour rule it is because it was only like six hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so but, at that point, you're like, might as well. Yeah, I might as well just finish it. And it's weird for me because like, it sets itself up as like my first platformer that isn't Mario. But also the dungeons are too hard. Huh. <laughs> So, like, I can't see someone who's new to platforming games enjoy those dungeons. And even I struggled with them because I have coordination problems. Um, and then I didn't have any ho- coordination problems playing Honey Pop 2. <laughs> which is a match three game where you bang girls. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you do. this time around... Um, you are attempting to mollify twin goddesses who are about to wake up with massive PMS. <laughs> and the only way to um, get them out of their funk is to give them multiple orgasms. So since there's two goddesses, you have to practice your threesomes. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it's great. So it kind of builds upon the mechanics of the first one. Where you have to keep a girl interested by um, playing the pieces that she... Matching the color that she likes. So in this one, each girl has sort of like a stamina meter, which it did in the first game. But it's way more important in this one. Um, because you basically have to switch back and forth between the two girls. And make sure that you don't run either of them out of stamina. And, you, and that you also don't make them angry. Tituous balance, I imagine. It's an interesting balance because there are there are times where you get into a threesome where both girls, their favorite color, their favorite piece is the same color. And you have to fill up this meter, and the best way to fill up the meter is to give girls their favorite color pieces. Match them on the match three board. And each girl also has a color piece that she doesn't like, and that gives almost no points. And you also have to, um, as you complete levels, whether successfully or unsuccessfully, you get these seeds and then you exchange the seeds for um, gifts. And gifts can be either um, items you can use in uh, combat, um, shoes, which will increase your fashion score, which helps you get better multipliers. Um, when you do combo moves. And then there's also, you can level up each color so that when you match it, you just get more points straight up. And then there's um, gifts, and that increases your passion. So 
there are pink hearts on the board. And there's also purple hearts. That makes girls angry if you match them. And the more passion you build up in a girl, the more points you get from doing her favorite matches. So anyways, once you success, so you basically have to go through three stages where you discover that two girls are compatible. You go on a date with the two girls and then you have a threesome. And every time you successfully navigate through one of those stages, the amount of points that you need to score in your match three matches gets higher. So the more you bang, the harder it is to bang more. <laughs> but I had a lot of fun. It took me a few tries to uh, finish off the goddesses in the end, but I managed. So that's all that I've been playing. So we should move it's, into the question of the week. It sounds very cute, but also very dirty. Yeah, um, don't play this with other people around because when you get into the um, finale scenes for all of these couples, they are naked. <laughs> it's it's like I remember the first Honey Pop causing controversy because it was originally censored on Steam and like how far we have come. So when you start the game, you can choose either censored or uncensored. And like, even when you are playing through the puzzles, when you get to the sort of big finale scene for each of the couples, you can either turn, you can turn on the adult one or the, the slightly censored one. So it's up to you. If you prefer underwear, there's that. All right. Apropos of nothing, our question of the week was, what do your parents think of your video game hobby? <laughs> um, so we, we talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, what did, what did our parents think about our video game hobby growing up? And so I, I'm kind of like out in the woods where I'm the only one whose parents thought it was terrible and I shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, so. no. <clears throat> My parents was okay with that they certainly knew that it was a way to get me to, you know, not act like a little jerk. The second they threatened to take away my Genesis, I was like, okay, okay, I'll behave. I'll behave. <laughs> All right. So uh, Vaughn wrote in and said, my mom always thought video games were stupid. She used to regale me with her tales of being at a party, seeing someone crowding around a console, playing Pong or Space Wars and thinking, what's the point? which then went to color her opinion of video games ever since. Up until the original PlayStation and Game Boy Color, the most we had was an IBM 286 for the majority of my childhood. Eventually, she did relent, and we got a PlayStation for Christmas one year. Even then, she wasn't exactly supportive of the hobby. Joke's on her, though. Thanks to video games, Legend of Ligdai in particular, I am a professional programmer, making more money than she ever did at a job I actually like, and I gained the best wife ever. Who is now on a podcast that this will be read on? Yeah, for those that don't know, Vaughn is my wife, oh. and yeah, or no, Vaughn is my husband. I am his wife. And <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the Freudian. <laughs> and yeah, I think like the only time I ever really told off my mother-in-law was when she said video games were pointless, and I kind of lost my crap at her and was like, video games is the reason why I had every creative thought I've ever had in my life. And yeah, so 
get, get on Vaughn. Love you, BB. You're the best. <laughs> so Platy wrote it and said, it's the same here 30 years later. They just pretend video games don't exist. Every now and again, I'd get a game as a gift, usually not from them, it, but it was 85% out of pocket as a kid. I got my Nintendo and Super Nintendo used via friends when they went with Sega or whatever. For the most part, it's a completely ignored... Um. For the most part, it's completely ignored. Sentences come out of my mouth about gaming, and it's like they didn't hear it. Me, hey, Mom, I just got a new Mario game for the kids and recorded and edited three podcasts this week. Mom, you had some rain over there, right? (laughs) Um, Pascal wrote in and said, I'm the same as Matt. I once got Donkey Kong Country for SNES for a birthday, and it was the biggest surprise. Games had always been and always were again after that. A taboo waste of time and money, and so we're never gifted. I saved up allowances, did extra chores around the house, and begged for a ride to stores in order to buy a ga- any game to support my hobby. Eventually, I found a way to order PC games, mostly Sierra Adventures via mail, but other purchases, especially consoles, were few and far between, and a real occasion when I was able to make them work. Um, Shaman wrote in and says, I think my parents were into games because I have vague memories of playing a 2600 before we got a Nintendo when I was five. My dad had a boatload of PC games and my mom officially lost the argument about playing games for too long when she kept me up until 4 a.m. the night we got an N64 because she was playing Mario Kart. (laughs) They have a switch to play with me and my brother's family online and my mom still plays Wii Fit to this day. Yeah, I mean, my parents still have their Wii Mini somewhere in their trailer. And I know they've busted it out, so. All right. Uh, my mom still has her DS Lite somewhere, though. Ever since she got her sm- smartphone, I think that thing is collected dust. Oh, my gosh. We had to get my parents each their own iPad because when we got of them one to start, my mom played games on it all day and my dad got mad because he wanted to play games on it. Like, guys, you have to share the iPad. Don't make me take it away from you. (laughs) Growing up, my parents were both like, video games suck and you shouldn't be playing them. Video games are not for girls. And now my mom's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, my mom was practically in tears because, like, King shut down her favorite card game. Oh, I feel that pain. Yeah. All right. Uh, Featherhoof says, uh, question of the week, They bought uh, my parents bought our first Nintendo in 88 for us and probably didn't think much about it at the time. Even played it themselves for a while, playing Tetris for us while we were, fi- while we were finally falling asleep. But after I got barely passing grades in third grade because I did none of my homework uh, the whole year because of video gaming, they thought very differently about it. I almost killed my gaming hobby by doing that. But after a summer vacation, long punishment of being grounded from all video games, I learned an important life lesson about moderation and responsibility. And now, after I've shown that I can uh, make a nice amount of side cash playing video games online, they seem to have a more positive opinion of the hobby as a whole. So Featherhoof is a streamer. Um, Strawberry Eggs says... My parents didn't think I was mature enough to have video games at home, except for those single Tiger Electronics handheld, until I was about 10. While they never played video games with me, despite some coaxing, they still occasionally bought games for me, especially when they gave me a Game Boy Pocket for my birthday. Video games were fine, as long as they didn't get in the way of schoolwork. And Last Sim on Earth says... My mom never really minded me and my brother playing video games, having bought us a Sega Genesis as our first console. 
I definitely remember at least a couple times where she would let me pick a game out for myself for doing well in school. She's never really gotten too deep into games herself, except for casual mobile and browser games. All right. Our question of the week. It's, it's kind of predating the news where we'll go into this a lot more deeper. But there was a Nintendo Direct this week. So we want to know what excited you the most from the recent Nintendo Direct. And there is lots of ways you can submit feedback to us. Um, you can email us, podcast at rpgamer.com. You can call or text us at 608-729-4098. You can hop on rpgamer.com, find the latest podcast thread, like Laxim on Earth, Strawberry Eggs, Feather Hoof, Shaman, uh, Squiggy Leo, Platy, and Vaughn all did, and drop your reply into that post. Um, you can tweet us at rpgamer. And come talk to us on Discord, rpgamer.com slash Discord. Right? Yay! Time to jump into our editorial content. So, we had Uh, multiple reviews. So, we're kind of going to blow through them pretty quickly. So, we had reviews in the last two weeks for Persona 5 Strikers, Osteoblasts, Collection of Saga, Final Fantasy Legend, Part 1. So we're going to have reviews for the whole collection. Um, Sword of the Necromancer, Wood Salt, and Hero U, Rogue to Redemption, um, Switch Review. By me. And Yay. then we also had um, Paul um, do his backlog in the year for January 2021. I a lot of cool stuff. Yes. Uh, excited. Did, did, you, did you mention that our Persona 5 Strikers review um, got uh, quoted on their trailer? Twice. So not yes. only were we the first quote that they talked about in the launch trailer, in their accolades trailer, but our score pops up in the review as well, where we give it four and a half out of five. Well worth it. <laughs> we were all very excited I, I, about that. We were all like having a party in the staff channel. Yeah, I, I love it when we get uh, quoted. <laughs> it's exciting. It, it makes us feel big time. We're a real sight now. <laughs> we, we've always been a real sight. The power's been in our heart all along. Oh, not another friendship speech. Oh. Too many of them in. Cold steel to go. Let's move on to the news. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Uh, for the King expansion release, this is the uh, crowdfunded game that was released for PC, Mac, and Linux. Um, what is about this expansion? It's got going to have two new playable characters, arena battles, and new weapons and loot. I have never played for the King. It looks interesting. Um, then we got King's Bounty 2 launching in August. The game is going to come out on August 24th, 2021 for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. And this is a follow-up to the King's Bounty series that was the uh, PC release in 1990. Reviving some old series. Indeed. Yeah, so I mean, 1C got the rights to the King's Bounty series about a decade ago. And they made sort of four side stories all in a row. And each of them were really good, but they were 
um, all kind of samey in the end. They weren't really expanding where this where this series was going. And then they went quiet for like years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, boom, King's Bounty 2. It's like, oh, oh, this is different. And then we've got story, story-driven turn-based RPG VED announced. This is by 1C Entertainment and developed by Carrick Land. Um, VED puts players in the role of a young hero named Kerr who arrives in a city to begin a new life and discovers the ability to teleport between two interconnected release on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Nintendo Switch. Chariot looks kind of interesting. It's very odd looking. Yeah, it's a very unique art style. And then I couldn't quite tell if if you're actually wandering around the world or if you're just teleporting between places. Yeah, I, I watched the trailer and I'm like, I'm intrigued by the concept, but I'm not sure what I'm seeing yet. Yeah. Guess we'll need more gameplay footage of that to be, form an opinion. Um, I am cautiously optimistic. Good, yes, but good news: King, the entire Kingdom Hearts series is coming to PC. Bad is news. Is it good news, Kelly? <laughs> it's really Bad expensive. News. Yeah, it's coming to the Epic Game Store, and yeah, it is. I was kind of blown away at the prices. So, the Square Kingdom Hearts is alive and well. Yeah, uh, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 Remix is going to be forty nine ninety nine, and then the three other releases, um, which are... Uh, the Prologue, Kingdom Hearts 3, and the Music Game, which I forget the name of. Are all 60 bucks, so digital download future, everyone. I mean, I don't care that they're on the Epic Game Store. I mean, I have no loyalty to any particular storefront. And I also have games that are on the Epic Game Store, so I don't know. Hashtag biased, I guess. But like for me, this whole the whole like what is that they're charging sixty bucks for two point eight? Yeah, yeah. Um, the all in one collection on the PlayStation, is I've seen twenty dollars. Yeah, I've seen it that low. So I, I think I just went into this and. Uh, on our, our, our backtrack about the price and it's like yeah you could either get the playstation version for dirt cheap or aren't they all on game pass now yeah yeah i don't yeah. think the music game is on game pass yet no yeah but it was announced it, as coming to game pass so it'll be there eventually so yeah i i wouldn't waste your money on this guys if you're jonesing for a pc version I mean, I would say 1.5 plus 2.5 is probably worth the $40 because that's like multiple games. They will keep you in. They will keep you occupied for a significant amount of time. And like the two games that are absolutely not worth playing, they've turned into basically videos. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be curious as how how well these games run on PC. Or what kind of port they're going to have? I mean, it should run fine if it's running on Xbox. It yeah, run if it's on- running on Xbox, it should run on PC. Now, that doesn't mean that every single PC is going to run it without issue because that's right. not how computer gaming works. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, no. That's the one thing that I hate about PC gaming is just how inconsistent it is. But part of the territory, um, yeah. Very overpriced for 
very old games. Um, we've got a new story. 505 Games is to publish Eudent Chronicle. This is the follow-up to the Soikoden series developed by Rabbit and Bear Studios that just went through a very successful Kickstarter campaign. Um, the news story didn't say. What other games has uh, 505 Games published? Uh, lots. Lots. Yeah, okay. Castlevania, the new... Blood sta- uh both blah, blah, all of the bloodstained stuff. Okay. Um, uh, the, what was the game that blew up? Indivisible. What was the other game that blew up? Uh, the Skullgirls. Oh right. We right, don't that's... we don't think about them a lot because they're European based. Ah, I see. And so they 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 do worldwide publishing, but they also just do a lot of European publishing. Right. Well, this game is scheduled to release in 2022 on PC as well as all current and next-gen consoles, which in 2022, won't that just be current consoles? It's always weird for me to hear games that are being kickstarted right now, and it's like, it'll come out in 2023, and it'll be for PS4. Really? Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. There's that. We've got Disciples Liberation announced. This is a fantasy strategy RPG that is a new entry in the Disciples series. Um, I had to watch this on YouTube because the uh, trailer for this was very R-rated, kind of yeah, kind well, of it, body horror-y too. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just a CG trailer. There's no actual like combat. It's just a really uh, graphic CG trailer. I'm like, oh, okie doke. Uh, it gave me Diablo. Yeah, no, it. Well, I don't to, like body horror like that. Well, well, to introduce a game that that you know is a seek uh, follow up to a game that was released over ten years ago. Um, yeah, how many people are still remembering that? I yeah, didn't I'm even never... know that was it. I mean, if the story hadn't told me it was part of a series, I wouldn't have known. No. Yeah. But Disciples Liberation will include an 80-hour plus campaign with three acts and five endings available, so there's that. I'm anyway. going to play. Um, Disgaea 4 Complete Plus gets a PC network features update, including a map editor, uh, pirates, foreign, foreign defense ministers, nether battle tournament, everybody's netherworld records, and pirate trials and ranking battles. I can't remember if the map editor is going to be as severely nerfed as the original release, though. Okay. Oh, so the map editor was in the original? I had forgotten. Yeah, the map editor was in the original, but they put heavy restrictions on it. Like, you couldn't place blocks next to each other, and mm-hmm. it was so that people couldn't draw inappropriate things with blocks. It, <laughs> it was very weird. So they were trying to intervene TTP by just making it harder to make a penis? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was very weird censorship, and it was like, if you're going to censor it this much, then just don't include it. Yeah, I mean, if there is one thing that I have learned being in in game development at this point, is that TTP is inevitable. Mm-hmm. And what is TTP? Time to penis. Oh, right. I've never heard that. But. Um, so, so it's a 
I feel like it's a pretty common term among people that make games, but like it's one of those terms that no one uses to people outside of people that make games. Ah. And like, yeah, Tam kind of nails it in in the um, Twitch chat is like people are going to make genitals no matter what sort of restrictions you put on them. And you just have to kind of get over it. Yeah, I mean, I I know that's one of the first things I do if I'm given free range to draw something. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're all 12-year-olds on the inside. Yeah, I think the first time that I heard the term was during an interview with one of the EVE Online guys. Because they had just sort of put out um, their character creator. And they they talked about it. There's like a PAX interview up on our YouTube channel somewhere about this, where they talked about the fact that, you know, they they kind of made like an effort to like make sure that you couldn't do something really offensive. And then they realized that that was just a magnificent waste of time because people were going to do it anyways. And so they kind of rolled back all of sort of the restrictions that they were putting in to just let people be as creative as they wanted to be. And yeah, sure enough, like five minutes after the character creator was out in the wild, there was a penis with a, with a sack underneath it running around <laughs> in space. <laughs> TTP was very oh, I'll never forget in Warlords of Draenor, there's a quest where you're running around with a um, gunpowder behind you and... You know, of course, of course, being bought. Everybody draws a dog with that. But what's funny is when you turn in the quest, the dwarf is like, you didn't draw anything inappropriate with that, did you? (laughs) They they know. Everybody knows. Um, You could also probably make yourself a penis town blacksmith legends. Uh, This is going to be developed by... Uh, VM Gaming and publisher Rock Game. I, ha- I I keep trying to read that as Rockstar Games, and I know that's not it. Um, Different developer a, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Um, this game sees players inheriting a small blacksmith workshop and building it to be the best in the kingdom, and looks looks very interesting. I love little crafting games like this, so we'll have to keep an eye on this one. This whole thing has just become a subgenre of like receteer type games. Yes. Yeah, I, I Weapon Shop Deomas is like one of my favorite 3DS games, period. Oh, yeah. I love that game. It was so cute. Um, I, I was driving Vaughn crazy with it, though, because of the tapping rhythm game. <laughs> so we've got that. We've got Action RPG Empire of Ember announced. Um, see, this you're going to be playing a former wizard's apprentice after their home city is raised in a surprise attack, and you can rebuild the city and rule it, and players design and create their city. Yeah, this one's like throwing in everything. It's got like the Sim City elements where you're building up your city. It's got like real time strategy elements where you're like fighting large battles, and then it's got like first person Elder Scrolls kind of combat where you're going through dungeons. Huh. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of I, I was kind of looking at this and I'm like, <laughs> there are parts of this game that excite me and parts of this game that make me go. Ooh. So I, I think this is the kind of game that I'm going to have to wait and see someone play it on Twitch before I decide if I want it. It's also yeah. one of those things when it does that many different things, you wonder if it does any of them well or if it's just kind of 
mediocre on all fronts. Like, it could be very cool if they nail it, you know? Right. And then uh, CrossCode, a new home DLC has been announced. This is an expansion for that um, huge multi or kind of MMO inspired RPG. I, I played a little bit of this, but I bounced on it just because it wasn't wasn't clicking with me. But the expansion or the DLC is going to have ten to eight hours of new combat with a huge dungeon, new enemies, new boss fights, and new music tracks. So, is this out on PC now? Uh, next week, next week, next it's week. Out on okay. PC and then consoles in the summer is yeah TBD right. Okay. okay, I knew it was either out or coming very very soon. And now we are into the Nintendo Direct block. Yay! First Nintendo, Nintendo Direct in like a year and a half. Yep. I think they said like 500 plus days or something since the last Nintendo Direct. Yeah, so the the last full Nintendo Direct that wasn't like a Direct Mini or a Direct Indie or a Direct Partnership was September 2019. And, and they so, shadow dropped this on us too. Yeah, so it was like the 16th. They were like, there's a Direct on the 17th. It's like, ooh. I, I saw it in my YouTube fame like, what? And I thought it was... That day, I was like, oh my god, I'm so excited. Oh, it's tomorrow. Apparently, I can't read dates. But <laughs> first story that made Anna super excited, Mario Golf, Mario Golf Super Rush announced with RPG Story Mode. RPG Golf is ah, back! So excited. So, so Camelot's they- been making the, the, basically they've been stuck making, well, I shouldn't say stuck. They have been making the Mario sports titles for years now. I think the last time they actually made an RPG was like Golden Sun on the DS. Like, 20 yeah. Years. So, um, for people who are longtime podcast listeners, they re- may remember that um, the two um, sports RPGs, Mario Golf and Mario Tennis, on the Game Boy Advance, I played the ever loving snot out of those. Like, I would say I probably put in the range of 60 hours into each. They're really good. They are so good. And I've kind of like every time Camelot announces a new Mario sports game, I'm always like, please let it be an RPG. Please let it be an RPG. The RPGs were so good. And Uh, I'm disappointed. Got your wish. This time I'm not disappointed. I remember we were having a like a live Discord chat while this was going on, and yes. when this got announced, it was like RPG, RPG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Start, I was like, to- "It's Mario Golf. Is it an RPG? Is it an RPG? It's an RPG." I'll have to track down those Game Boy Advance titles and try them if you like them that so much. Good. Um, and another surprise on the, on the virtual console. I can't remember now. I don't they think they might be. did, but. Don't quote me on that. I'll I'll have to see. Usually the sports games aren't that hard to find. I say watch them be hard to find. Um, An announcement that surprised the crap out of me. Square Enix announced Legend of Mana Remastered. I'm so excited for this. This this direct was like all for me. So my first experience playing Legend of Mana was awful because it was when I was experimenting with ripping my own uh, PlayStation games and putting them on my PSP. And this game run like, ran like crap on that system. 
So I'm glad I'll be getting people to play this por- portably legitly when it comes out. It's going to be PC, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. I will warn people. For this game, you need to sacrifice at least your firstborn child and read The King in Yellow twice. Because otherwise, you're never going to get anything done. This yeah, game is one really of those... thick. It's very yeah. obtuse. And, like, there is no... No... You, you will probably need a guide to play this game. Yep. As much as I love it, I will say that is, like, an extreme weakness of the game. There's uh, so many events that you can potentially miss and so many side quests that you can't complete. And go- going to sleep or talking to your cactus can just ruin your whole evening. Also, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to retranslate it because there were some pretty infamous lines in the original game that were correctly translated but never correctly localized. So um, there's, there's this guy named Gilbert. He's a bard. And basically, he spends the whole game asking out women. <laughs> and one of the women in particular is a Medusa. <laughs> and the thing is, is if you translate um, petrification, like as in turning to stone in Japanese, it is literally get hard. <laughs> And so, of course, you have all of these screenshots where Gilbert is talking about getting hard. (laughs) And if the Medusa does petrify him and you go to the cactus to report everything that's been going on, the cactus says nothing but he got hard. And it's great. It's oh, really funny. That's unfortunate. And like it is accurately translated, but that is it basically Gilbert ends up coming across as massively horny. <laughs> yeah. That, that's funny, but that's unfortunate. Um and an announcement that you were salty about and I was excited about. Saga Frontier Remastered is launching in April. Whatever. Yeah, you, you this, you said this was your first review and yes. you absolutely hated it? Yes. So this was the very first game I played to review for RP Gamer. And you can go and find my original review, but please do because it's terrible. And like, I just, being my very first review, I didn't know how to write about a game that I didn't like and that I didn't think was particularly good. I think I ended up limping over the finish line with like all broken weapons yeah and like i i learned myself into a corner with my kids or something i i remember very little about that game except i found it frustrating yeah i i learned how to love saga games when i learned that they're basically like western takes on eastern rpgs but i I digress. This game is or the that game is obtuse. So I'll admit that. I'll be curious if the remastered version has some of the bugs that kind of make it playable. There's there's a couple of money making bugs in the original PlayStation game. Oh, you think they're gonna but patch them out? I I don't know. We'll have to see. Huh. Um, and then it is in an announcement that kind of simultaneously excited and disappointed people. Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD is landing in July. Untitled Groose game. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, yeah, um, they're bringing it back. They are doing Joy-Con controls because, of course, and they're making it playable in handheld mode using the right stick as uh, as your, like, I guess, directional sword button. Yeah. So, so they so, haven't been clear yet, I don't think, on what you're going to do with the camera when you're playing it in that mode, whether it's auto, whether it's, like, mapped to the to the triggers up top. I don't know exactly how that part's going to work. So here's the thing that always confused me. The waggle controls are right-handed. Yeah. Yeah. Link is left-handed. Yeah. Yeah. Does not compute. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, every left-handed person I've ever heard talk about this game was like, well, I guess this game just isn't for me. Which, once again, in 2021, we talk about accessibility in games and the fact that they just can't make a mode where it flips the controls just boggles my mind. Wait, Link is right-handed in Skyward Sword? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. They, they moved him over for that. Ugh. That and what, what was the other one? The GameCube was in the GameCube version of... Uh, of um... Oh, geez. Uh, so for the Twilight GameCube Princess version of Twilight flipped. Princess, they literally invert everything. Yeah. Yeah. They just flip, like, the entire game around. Yeah, and they brought had to bring that mode back into uh, the HD version on the Wii U. So it's what are like people's memories of playing this game? Because this is probably my least favorite Zelda game. Um, I died. So... I think Chris and I were dating when this game came out originally. And so we tried to play it together. But I got really frustrated by the waggle controls. Mm-hmm. And I'm just bad at 3D Zeldas. I don't, I don't <laughs> like them. And I, so, I skipped it yeah. entirely. I, I, we, it, it came. Oh, God. I think we got through the fire dungeon. And I think that is the extent of how far we got. I don't even remember exactly how far. I know I played it for quite a while. I got, I was very frustrated with the uh, the not not necessarily with the wackle controls themselves, but just how often you had to recalibrate the uh, the Wii Motion Plus to keep them uh, actually registering what you're trying to do. For me, it was like every five minutes. Now I only my memory was that I only had the. Uh, Whatever the add-on, I never had a Wii Wii mode with it built in, so I don't know if that improved things or not. But that part of it was super frustrating, and then I also remember it being incessantly annoying on trying to tutorialize everything, and it just yeah. kind of never went away. It's like I've played a I played a Zelda game before, man. I, I I know what I'm doing. You don't need to tell me how to do everything. This it got super annoying. Yeah, I. I... I skipped out on this game. It came out when I, when my husband bought it, and I really couldn't justify duplicating buying games. And he bounced on it pretty quick. And I was like, "You think I would like that game?" And he's like, "No, it's so slow." <laughs> and yet, it was kind of a prototype for Breath of the Wild because things like upgrading weapons and the stamina meter came out in this game. Which I didn't even remember that they were. I do remember out. the stamina because. Um, when I see people speedrun Skyward Sword, the first thing that they do is break the stamina meter. <laughs> like, they do this thing where they play on the title screen, and yeah, yeah. it totally breaks the stamina meter. Wild. Oh. 
And then another surprise announcement, Project Triangle Strategy announced. This is a tactical game using the same graphical style as Octopath Traveler. Yep, Uh, in the engine. Yeah. And uh, getting into the meat and potatoes, it's going to be set in the continent of Norelzia, which is comprised of three major nations. And the land is scarce and the important resources of salt and iron. And then you've got turn-based tactical combat with varied elevation. And there's like uh, geo effects where if you like fire a fire arrow into grass, you can set the grass on fire. Or like if there's water, you can do a lightning spell on the water and it'll electrify it. And there's also a demo for this right now. Which I have not had. I downloaded it. I have not had a chance to check it out. Yeah, I've been playing it. It's the combat part of it is really good. I'm really digging it. It it very much feels like uh, the old school FFT Tactics Ogre style combat with that sort of depth where, you know, if you get up really high in elevation, that means that your uh, archers can shoot much farther. um, Attacks from behind do way more damage. So positioning matters a lot. The combat part of it feels fantastic. I'm re- I'm really liking that part. I mean, you know, who knows about the story? We're a long way away. I I, I was kind of surprised, even in the demo, even though we're at least a year away from it being out, it's all done and voiced in English. So they huh. went, went to that kind of trouble. Yeah, and apparently there's going to be a heavy infl- heavy focus on story and um, choices and. I guess you're going to have three convictions, utility, morality, and liberty, and you'll vote on which outcome is followed, which also gives me tactics ogre vibes. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's supposed to have a lot of that where depending on where you fall on this like triangle morality tree, like different characters will or won't join your party as the game goes along. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that tactic, tactics ogre vibe to it. It will make me curious if they also take the tactics, tactics ogre route where you can, after you finish the game, once you can go back and kind of go to these branching points and, you know, play what you didn't experience the first Yeah, time. I don't know. Like that, that, that's, it's hard to do these days because games are so expensive to have that much content that you're basically saying that people just aren't going to see unless they play it all the way through again. Mm-hmm. Not a yeah. lot of companies do that anymore because that, that, yeah, Tactics Ogre was just massive because it branched multiple different ways and you had three, you know, you had the law, the chaos, and the neutral endings. And there was a ton of that game to play over and over again to get to see all the different parts. So I don't know if it'll branch that much. <laughs> I'll be curious. I'm going to be following the development of this game because I, I want to see more stuff like this. I, I miss Tactics Ogre greatly and I'm, I'm i'm sure our jonathan stringer is chomping at the bit to get to this oh, i'm sure oh there was one other thing about zelda that they mentioned we forgot to mention that there there is nothing there's kind of no news on breath of the wild and they just said they just said oh, there's, yeah there will be more news about it this year which makes you kind of think that like breath of the wild is probably next year breath of the wild too 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. so I, I Enuma basically came on and he was like, hey, um, just so you know, we're still working hard on Breath of the Wild 2. We don't have anything to share right now, but it is the 35th anniversary of the series. And so we are going to have a Zelda specific Nintendo Direct later in the year. Okay. <laughs> it is the 35th anniversary. Hopefully we'll get that 3D HD collection that I'm praying for, but we'll see. I doubt it now. I mean, it has been rumored slash leaked for a long time that um, Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD are going to make it onto the Switch as well. So, I don't know. I guess we kind of presume that those are going to be future announcements as well. Yeah, I, 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 I know. see. I know I've been banging on this drum a lot, but like for me, the thing that I want is the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons games remade in the Link's Awakening engine. Yeah, I I want that too. That that'd be nice, especially if they put them all on one cart and just let it so that you could continue like you could in the uh, carts. I can't remember was Cap- did Capcom make those or yeah. Capcom made those? Yeah. I- well then, then you do have that added bit, but added complication. I maybe, maybe. I don't know. Hard to imagine. Who made Link's Awakening? That, that was Nintendo. In- okay. Capcom I, just I did. I sincerely a bunch of the wasn't other- sure. So. Yeah, yeah, um, I can't. Wasn't Capcom also involved in Minish Cap? Yes. yes. Yeah, they okay. did Minish Cap as well. I think that was the last one they did. Yep. Yeah. Minish Cap is such a weird one for me because I I reviewed it for RP Gamer back in the day and I basically said that I think the only reason people are going to like it is because it's a Zelda game and if it had anyone else as the main character that it would be a really blah game. (laughs) I kind of got some hate mail for that. I I think what got to me about Minish Cap was that they devoted one whole button to that Kenstone thing which I just thought was a waste. I don't remember that part, so... Yeah. Um, You do remember Metopia, though, right? That's heading to Switch in May. Yeah, so I'm excited about this with a caveat. So I thought Metopia was great. It was one of those games that I picked up during that Amazon accidental $5 sale. Um, I think I tried to buy, like, five games, and out of the five that I ordered, um, I got Ever Oasis and Metopia. And all the other ones got canceled. So, yeah, just, oh, go ahead. I had a ton of fun with Metopia. And I think it's a really great game that a lot of people would enjoy. My deep concern is that it's like a $60 game. And I don't think people are going to want to buy it at that price. I think I it think would be 50. Okay. I think they said it's 50. Okay. Still I think expensive. it would do really good as a $39.99 game. I yeah. just yeah. Don't think what it was be, originally. Right. And I just don't think there's going to be enough interest in people buying it at $50. I am definitely interested in it, but I don't want to pay $50 for it. Can't say I blame you. Not at all. It does look cute, though. This, this is the game where you, you and your friends fill the roles of RPG characters and defeat a Dark Lord, which is also a me. Enemies can build relationships with each other, and it's very funny when you're hearing somebody talk about this game, and it's like, yeah, Chris and Anna hate each other. Like, wait, what? 
Oh, yeah. Me and Chris, our me's got into fights all the time. <laughs> I also made Lucifer the Dark Lord, and it was really fitting. Yeah. From what I've heard about him, that's not surprising. <laughs> uh, guys, I, I just got out, and they're pulling me back in. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity gets an expansion pass. So, they didn't go into any details during the direct. Did they put out, like, a, a press release that gives further information? Yeah, they did. It was very annoying because I'm like, oh, this is exciting. And they flashed what was going to be in it for, like, half a second. I'm like, wait, I didn't even see that. So, the slide that they flashed is what they put out. There's going to be a purchase bonus releasing on May 20. 28th, which is a new weapon and costume for Link. And then Wave 1, which is releasing in June, is going to have additional characters, new weapon types, new Royal Ancient Lab challenges, and new challenging enemies. So those are probably going to be like more variations of the Lionels and Talos's and other stuff. And then Wave 2 is going to be in November 2021, and that's going to have new character vignettes, new stages, new characters, and new battle skills for current characters. So... We'll have to see, like, if they come out with more trailers for this in the future, like, teasing new characters, because I'm, I'm curious who else they're going to add. I mean, this ends up working out for me, because I, I bought Hyrule Warriors at launch, and then I still haven't gotten around to it. And I probably won't for a little bit, because uh, Persona 5 Strikers is coming out this week, and it's the same kind of gameplay. So I'm hoping by the time that I finish Persona 5 Strikers and have a bit of a rest, it'll be June when this expansion pack is coming out. Yeah, I want to see more trailers before I dive into the expansion, just because I want to see like what they come out with. Because I, I was like level 80 by the time I... No, actually, no, my link was uh, level 100 by the time I finished this. So I'm also curious if they're going to like raise the level raise cap. Raise the level cap, 255? Yeah. Yeah something like that uh, but we'll see um have you guys played hades yet not yet i well, bought it's it. getting a it's getting a physical edition yay so um, it sounds like nintendo's publishing this yeah the or physical edition it? i i guess the, the physical edition is going to include a 32 color art booklet featuring the game's characters and a download code for the game's soundtrack, which I'm told is a pretty good soundtrack. So I like it when they do physical editions like this and give little bonuses. Of course, they haven't announced the price. $50, my guess? Uh, yeah. No, I think it was only 40 bucks. although some places had it up for 35 at the at the beginning. Oh, cute. So, you know, reasonable. And then... Other RPG-related tidbits, um, we've got Pyra Mithra as Xeno, from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 in Smash, which that trailer was awesome, I might add. I was like, oh, they're putting out a sequel game. And Kelly in our chat was like, I think she's actually going to Smash. Yeah, it, the, the way they had that trailer, it was, you know, Rex very sad that he couldn't find Pyra. And it was very somber and him asking all the characters, where's Pyra? Guys, where's Pyra? And then he finds Pyra, and she's kind of looking very solemn, and she's she goes, I didn't want to tell you, because I didn't want to make you upset, but I just got invited to Smash Brothers! <laughs> and Rex, Rex is like, but I thought I was going to get invited. <laughs> so, 
And it got I got really confused at first because as part of that reveal trailer, um, that that's the power of the Monado. Uh, I don't remember. Thanks, Shulk. Shulk yeah, is like, Shulk. ah, nice to see you again, Pyra. And I'm like, excuse me? Well, how did and they yeah, know each other? Uh, one of the DLC packs had him show up in an alternate dimension. Cute. And I, I think you can get him as a blade if you complete all the stuff in the alternate dimension. Oh, neato. I, I forgot to mention that in our chat. Good to know. So, yeah, that that was funny. And then that screenshot you showed me where they was recreating a scene from Xenoblade involving a turtle and the character Zeke. He was like, I, I don't have context for this, but it's funny. And I looked and like, yeah, that's hilarious. With uh, Squirtle and I think Marth. So, that was that. Um, we got Famicom Detective Club games. I was so excited for this. So... I've been hearing about these Famicom Detective Club games for years because I really like visual novels. And people are always like, it's too bad that we didn't get any visual novels back in the day because there was this Famicom Detective Club series that was really good and super popular in Japan. Well, it was on the disc system, so there wasn't a way for us to get it, really. Right. <laughs> so, so are these like kind of proto-Phoenix Wright games? Yes. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked for these. And so they're coming out we'll, separately, so you'll have to buy one. You'll have to buy both, or I guess you can buy one and see if you like it, and then not have to buy the other if you don't. Yep. And visual novels have become popular recently, haven't they? Yeah, it's cool. And then World's End Club from the Zero Escape and Dungaropa series creators is launching on May twenty eighth. Yeah, this is being published by uh, NIS America. So if you want the physical edition, it's it's one of those games that they're only doing a collector's edition for, which kind of bums me out because I, I don't really want a collector's edition for this, so I guess I'll have to wait till it's on sale digitally. Yeah. And then I, that's it for the Nintendo Direct. I can't think of anything else interesting that they announced that was relevant to my interests. No, I think that nailed all the RP gamer plus adjacent stuff. Yes. Yeah, so. it was kind of weird seeing the internet um, respond to the DC Superhero Girls announcement because, like, if I... W- there, there are three different discords that we're talking about it, and two of the discords are dominated by men, as the most gaming spaces are. And everybody was like, they look stupid. But I have another Discord where it's all girl gamers and like moms and dads of girl gamers. And that Discord was excited as heck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, girls like their female superheroes. Well, you and said I, that this series is popular, wasn't it? Yeah, so um, I've kind of seen a little bit of it here and there, like YouTube clips and stuff. It's done by um, Lauren Faust, who did um, Powerpuff Girls and uh, the new My Little Pony series. Um, So I didn't like the first version of this series that they did a few years back because it was like catty, vapid high school girls. Um, But they've kind of dialed down the age a little bit in the new series, and they kind of deal with a lot more serious issues. So it feels more down to earth and real. 
Gotcha. So, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see this announced. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about it. Um, the uh, Japanese Nintendo Direct got an announcement for Kill Caligula 2. Oh, boy. We're all real excited for that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Caligula Overdrive, which I think was the ver- version that I have. Um, it's not bad. It's not good. It just needed more time to bake in the oven. I, my gripe with it is it's one of those games that sold heavy on like this is coming from the creator of the first two Persona games when he really didn't have much anything to do with it. You know, he kind of wrote, wrote a story treatment and was done. Yeah. And they played yeah. it up like he's designing it. Like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> well, it is launching on Switch and PlayStation 4 in Japan. For uh, or on June twenty fourth, but with no announcement made for a potential well, Western release. new game Expo Plus is happening on March fourth, and NIS America is one of the pillar companies in that presentation. So if it's going to get announced, and it's pretty likely considering how soon it's coming out in Japan, that's probably where it's going to happen. And then. Uh, well, while this is being recorded, BlizzCon Online is happening, and we were having a little bit of a watch party last night for some of the announcements, including Diablo 2 Resurrected. And um, the three classic games are in, now in an HD arcade collection on all the things. Yeah, so Lost Vikings, Blackthorn, and Rock and Roll Racing? Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Diablo 2 Resurrected is coming out. It's the HD remaster of Diablo 2. They said that they were kind of inspired by doing StarCraft Remastered and wanted to do this. Notice that they didn't mention Warcraft 3 Remastered. Yeah, that um, <laughs> that ended up being a bit of a thing. Yeah. So they announced that, and they also announced the fourth class for Diablo 4, which is going to be the Rogue. Um, and that was the neat little trailer with the little bit of body horror there. Yeah, that was uh, like, I'm like, why is she putting down ears? And Chris is like, oh, that's the rogue. <laughs> yeah, I guess you collected ears in in old school Diablo PvP and for bounties and stuff is what Chris oh, is telling I me. Did. I did didn't know that oh and and one last announcement um i guess diablo immortal is still a thing yep (laughs) i'm amused that they're still trying to die on that hill um but yeah lots of diablo news i something that came out of the thing yesterday that i'm amused by is that twitch muted the metallica performance with like generic music (laughs) And then someone in Metallica was complaining about it. Uh, yeah, you started that stuff, Lars. That's your fault. Anyway, sorry. Um, they also announced that World of Warcraft Classic is moving into the Burning Crusade era. Oh, yeah, we didn't have a story about that, did we? Nope. Um, yeah, see, that that's going to be interesting because you're going to choose whether or not your character uh, stays in Classic or moves on. Right. And then there's also... There's also going to be a character copy service for a feed that lets you do both. Right. So basically, they're giving you three choices in regards to your WoW Classic character. Number one, you can stay 
classic vanilla forever. Number uh, number two, you can move into Burning Crusade. However, you can't move back to vanilla classic once you move into Burning Crusade. Number three, you can split the difference and copy your character into um, Burning Crusade and leave a copy in classic. I am mildly curious how much this service is going to cost. And also there's going to be a boost service for people that just want to jump right into TBC, which I'm also curious what that's going to cost. My my beef with the Burning Crusade um, level boost is you can't do it with a Draenei or a Blood Elf. Yeah. Which, like, that's lame. Yeah, but it's the only way to get shamans and paladins on the appropriate side. I mean, they've traditionally not offered boosts to uh, new races anyway. Yeah, but I want to use the boost again. I know, I know. Well, my reaction to this, see you in a couple of years for Wrath Classic. Yeah, I mean, we we have talked about it a lot, and I think having played um, WoW Classic that one weekend and realizing that, oh, we actually don't miss this. Yeah. Um, the, the, I think the one thing that would get us back into a Classic server would be Lich King. Yeah, because I think Lich King was where they kind of hit the sweet spot. So, we'll see. I'm vaguely interested in WoW Classic Burning Crusade, but I because I have really good memories of it. Like, I ran my own guild, and we did a little bit of raiding, and it was really fun, and we had such a good, close group of people. But, like, I don't know if a Classic server will be able to recapture that magic was it the people was it what i was playing was it both like i don't know i am interested but also we'll see yeah i wrath was just so nostalgic for me like that's when i moved out of my parents house uh that's when i finally got into a guild that actually did stuff and I, I loved it so much. Um, and for me specifically, it was the looking for dungeon, which a lot of people said that that killed the game for them. But it like opened a new world of opportunity for me because I'm very antisocial and shy. So being able to just run dungeons and have fun with them was awesome for me. So that's that. We'll, we'll see when they do Wrath Classic. I can't wait for that if they do. Um, speaking of Wrath, we got a Kickstarter check-in for a game called The Way of Wrath. This is from developer Animal Games for a Kickstarter campaign uh, being developed for PC, Mac, and Linux. It's going to be a tactical turn-based combat game with a dynamic story influenced by player choices and how they act with character agendas. How much money are they looking for? They're looking for £23,000, or so around $27,000 for funding by March 7th, and pledging $20, or I'm sorry, $25, or, and I, I messed it up, it's euros, not pounds. My bad. I was uh, going to say, that conversion doesn't sound right, but carry on. Yeah, no, no, my bad. But people pledging at least 20 euros will get a digital copy of the game. And we've got a Kickstarter video on our site. And one more kind of Kickstarter side thing, our very own 
blanking on. Hey, Becky? Yeah, yeah Becky. Becky. Yeah. Our very own Becky Cunningham has a Kickstarter out for a romantic visual novel game that she's working on called Made in Marion. Made in Marion. So, Made in Marion. Yeah. I, I see. Because the, the, the link on the sheet opened up to the Kickstarter page and not like a news article. So, I could. No, we. It's not technically something we cover, it's something that we would cover under like Adventure Corner. So we've tweeted about it a, a couple of times because, hey, she's our former head of news and she's awesome and she's making an awesome game. But it's not technically something we cover. Yeah. Um, she, they've also got a demo out for um, on HEO and Steam that you can check out too. But yeah, it's a Otome visual novel inspired by the Legends of Robin Hood with Maid Marian as the main character. Yes, go back it right now. It's at uh, eighteen thousand. Oh, it, it passed our goal. It's eighteen thousand of the twelve thousand goal and has over four hundred backers. Twenty yeah, days I, to go. I I backed it. So, yeah, too. And that is all the news. Um, we got a butt ton of briefs. You want me to just lightning round them? Rip it off. <laughs> Dragon Star Veneer is heading to the Switch in Japan. Fantasy Star Online 2 is releasing on the Epic Game Store next week. The Outer Worlds Peril on Gorgon expansion has been released on Switch. Borderlands, Borderlands 3 Director's Cut DLC has been revealed. Neptunia Virtual Star gets a new English screenshots and more info. Necromunda Underhive Wars adds House Carter next week. Let's see, King of Seas to launch in May with a publishing deal announced. Harvest Moon One World DLC has been revealed. Hey, that's your story, Anna. Yep. Um, the protagonist X One early access date has been revealed. The Magic Legends Open Beta is coming to the Epic Game Store, and they have also revealed their equipment system, so you can go check that out. We've got Yonder, the Cloudcatcher Chronicles, heading to the PS5 in May. We've got Brigadine Legend of Runeserra Physical Editions heading to Europe in April. A new Steven Universe game, Unleash, Unleash the Light, has launched on PC and consoles. Or, sorry, will launch on PC and consoles. Yeah, it's uh, Apple Arcade exclusive currently. Uh, the New World gets another release date. Bravery Network Online is available on Steam Early Access. Uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 Limited Run Games Orders opens next week. Game Good Night Night has early access launches on Steam and GOG.com. <laughs> Outrider Stadia date confirmed. That sounds <laughs> not interesting whatsoever. <laughs> Poor Stadia. I think that's the only Stadia mentioned today. You notice none of the yeah. all the new new announcements this week. Not not a lot of Stadia. No Stadia announcements. Kel Surprise. Mm. Uh and finally, Battle Brothers Switch version is launching in March. Did we talk about Terraria last week or a couple weeks ago? Oh, this Terraria, uh, or the Stadia version of Terraria got canceled because the dude got locked out of his Stadia account. He got locked out of his Google account. 
not just a Stadia oh. account. He can't access his Google Drive. He can't access his email. Nothing. And he tried for like some three plus weeks to get help getting it resolved and like just couldn't. So he was like, nah, you know what? Screw it. Terrarion on Stadia canceled. Screw you guys. That's awful. Is is Google customer service just non-existent? <laughs> What's Google customer service? And Google, you Google Google customer service. That's their customer service. <laughs> okay, that's about right. Anyway, that that's a lot of news, guys. Yeah, it's two weeks worth of news. Two weeks worth of news in a Nintendo Direct and a BlizzCon line. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, games coming out this week. Uh, we have Persona 5 Strikers uh, landing on PS4, Switch, and PC. And if you have the digital deluxe version on either Steam or PS4, you can actually start playing it now. Um, Curse of the Dead Gods arrives on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, Rogue Heroes Ruins of Tesos arrives on Switch and PC. Gene Forge 1 Mutagen is landing on PS4 and Mac. Hellpoint comes to Switch and Bravely Default 2 lands on Switch. Also, we are doing a new feature on the site. So this started at the beginning of 2021. And we are doing what is called the new release roundup column. So these happen on Thursday mornings. And what uh, Alex does is he breaks down the games that are coming out this for the week, um, what kind of game they are, what platforms they're coming out on, whether they are have been available on previous places, um, links to buy them, how much they're going to cost, a couple of screenshots of each so that you can kind of see what you're getting into. And so we've actually been getting some pretty positive feedback on this. Um, this replaces the old um, sales column that we used to do. Because, that became kind of uh, almost impossible to... Yeah, it was it was becoming challenging. So. Uh, PlayStation was not helping out there. PlayStation's new store is pretty awful. <laughs> Sony needs to get on that. Yeah, I cannot stand the new PlayStation store. That's how I ended up buying a DLC for near near Automata, not the actual game, because it was so misleading. Speaking of customer service, I had to do some go serious Googling just to figure out how on earth to get screenshots off of the PS5 today. So, Oh, yeah, huh. you have to um, plug a USB thing into it and copy everything to the USB and then move it to a computer, right? Well, yeah, you have to do that. But I mean, like the actual app you use to even do that becomes hidden if you haven't used it in a while because PlayStation only keeps like the most recent six things up there. Right. So I learned that like, oh, you have to go and find where it's, you know, over there and all of your apps that's installed. Yeah. Um, I was really lucky that when I needed to transfer my Cold Steel stuff um, from the PlayStation onto my computer to do the Cold Steel 4 review, I just um, sent a message from Glenn who runs the PlayStation Nation website. And I'm like, Glenn, I don't know how to do this. And he sent me instructions. It was like super easy. But yeah, you're right. Like finding that app and knowing that that's where you have to look is not intuitive at all. 
All right. So, I think we're coming to the close of the show, guys. So, what is everybody going to be playing this week? I'm going to be putting more time into Ease Nine now that I'm kind of got now that I've kind of got Mario 3D World out of my system. How about oh, you, Josh? So That's so good. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and push through Cold Steel Four. I really need to get through that. It's been going on for too long. I have multiple games that I've kind of started and I'm in the middle of, and I'm having and I have two new games coming this week. So I have. Um, Vampire that I'm in the middle of playing, Ease 9, Monster Knox that I'm in the middle of playing, and I just started Azure Saga Pathfinder, although I think that that game is going to get 5-hour world. The, the, the grammar in it is really bad. <laughs> it's, yeah. Com- Apostrophes in wrong places drive me crazy! Sorry. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and so, I, I, what I would like to do is I would like to finish Ease Night on stream. And then I will probably switch over to either Bravely Default 2 or Persona 5 Strikers as my next stream game. Um, and so, yeah. I One or the other is probably going to become the stream game. And then whatever I'm not streaming is the game that I'm going to play offline. So you just got to decide which one do I want to tear through? Yeah, I mean, what I will probably do is I will probably put up a poll on the RP Gamer Twitter um, over the weekend or maybe Monday morning. And then we will see what people say about which game that I should be playing next. So, yeah, that's my plans. Yay. I also need to get back in a wow because I'm really close to actually unlocking Torghast. And once I do that, um, I will be able to run Torghast with Chris. And he has been begging me to hurry up and do that so that he has someone to play Torghast with. I'm sorry. I had to bail. No, no. I, I don't blame you. Like, the, the things that are important to you are not accessible to you. And that sucks. And yeah. I kind of hope that they change their mind and that those pets don't become... Um, faction or con uh, covenant, covenant locked. locked in the future. Yeah. And I mean, like the way that they talk about the new stuff that's coming in this next um, content patch that's coming, they don't explicitly say that it's going to be covenant locked. And in fact, they mention explicitly being able to mix and match the covenant pieces with other transmog stuff. So I'm kind of hoping that maybe they've learned their lesson and that they will unlock the pets in the future. I mean, I I don't mind the mounts being covenant locked because that's just cosmetic and that's fine. But the and if if the pets were weren't just co- were were just cos- cosmetic, then that wouldn't bother me that much. But because there's a whole meta game tied around the pets, it bothers me that they're locked. And that's not the only reason I quit. That was just the catalyst. I was just getting very burned out by the whole having the level thing and just feeling very, uh, I don't know, just very, all the world quests seemed like chores after a while. And I was getting sick of that. And I'm maybe with flying, it won't feel as bad in 9.1, but we'll see. I just, I needed to, 
walk away from the game for a little bit and play something else. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, nothing says that you can't resubscribe if, you know, 9.1 hits and it's like, hey, they've unlocked the pets and there's cool stuff happening Mm -hmm. and come play with us. And you'll be like, okay. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. All right. I think we're at the end of the show. So just to remind everybody, our question of the week this week is, what was your uh, favorite part of the Nintendo Direct? What excited you the most from the recent Nintendo Direct? So be sure to shoot us your feedback on that. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Oh, always happy to be here. Thank you, Dale North, for our amazing theme music. Thank you, Forecast for our Encoding. Thank you, dear listener. Sincerely, we we do this for ourselves, but we definitely do this for you too, and we hope that you enjoy listening. So we will see you again next week. If you would like to join us live, we stream the RPG cast at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, every Saturday. Um, we have streaming content seven days a week and almost morning, noon, and night. <laughs> So most days, uh, weekdays, uh, it is me. I stream 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, weekday evenings, we have the RPG experience um, with JC Servant. Um, he does um, predominantly Western RPGs. He's going to be playing Monster Hunter Rise when it comes out. He does the Wheel of Roguelikes where you can spend channel points and make him switch games to a different roguelike. Um, Friday evenings with Scar, we have the Wheel of classic SNES RPGs. You can spend channel points, subscribe, um, spend bits, or just come and follow the channel, and he will spin, spin, spin that wheel. He's playing through 25 different Super Nintendo games, um, and wherever the uh, wherever the wheel lands is what he's going to play. Um, and then, yeah, we have classic games, two or three, night, two or three afternoons a week with Hair Frog, and all sorts of stuff going on on the channel. Lots of stuff. So come check us out, twitch.tv slash rpgamer. Otherwise, just enjoy listening to the podcast. That's okay, too. Thanks, everybody. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.